0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Juan Correo. I'm very pleased to have Abigail Brunning here with us today, also known as Abby. Please, Abby. Hello, how are you? Here. How are you today?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: You know, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well for myself. Thank you for asking. Glad so so today. We're going to be talking a little bit. Well, obviously, it's an exploring art podcast. So we're going to be talking about art. What is in that coming, right? (laughs) More specifically, today, we're going to be talking about uh, religion and art. It's a very interesting concept that goes hand in hand. You know, religion kind of relies on this. uh, It really does rely on the necessity of art in order to pretty much spread their message, right? So yeah. I have a little quote for you, if you don't mind me repeating it to you. Oh, and nice. I really want to hear your thoughts and opinions, and we could talk about this a little bit. So All right. today, a, oh, well, not today, excuse me. Today, we, we will be discussing a theory, um, an idea set forth by a leading theologian, right? He says, indeed, a person who has never loved, cannot understand or experience a love poem. And someone who knows no sorrow, cannot understand or experience an elegy. Now, the vast majority of European art, including Greek art as well, is religious art. It was conceived and executed by religious people who aspire to impress their homage to a God. Therefore, A non-believer cannot possibly understand or experience the music, the paintings, the poetry, or any other art form created by believers. Now, with that quote, is this theologian right about what he believes about non-believers and their understanding of religious art? And what can people of not that religious persuasion, let's say, uh really experience of that religious heart
1: all right well first i think for our viewers out there i would definitely like to go ahead and define what an elegy is
0: okay okay what, 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 would, you, what would you say exactly what an elegy well i won't say exactly you know but what, what do you believe an elegy is
1: so i would definitely say it's a work of art more specifically a poem or a reflection of some sort that is typically very serious and typically relates to the the past and the people that we have lost
0: hmm. so would would you would you really describe it as like the purpose of an elegy would be like express what a person's feelings are rather than let's say in like a poem which would be used to describe like a story or things of that nature
1: yeah i would i would definitely say the purpose of an elegy is more to express sorrow
0: okay 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 so let's let's go let's go back to this this idea of Of this theologian, right? Let's let's what what does he have to say? I think we, we should start by pretty much defining what a theologian is. What what do you what would you say a theologian is?
1: I would say a theologian is someone who studies religion, gods, deities, and they they do so by studying sacred books to try and answer the question, what purpose does religion have? And how does it serve us?
0: you know i've i've heard and i've the way i've studied uh theology well obviously i i'm not personally a theologian right but and the many philosophy classes i've had here at fiu i've always heard i've always been taught that theologians really have three main aspects really like they study of the the teachings of god right the teaching of what god teaches us like pretty much the doctrines that are behind a certain god certain religion and like the paths people take to get as close to god as possible you know what i'm saying so like how these people study the bible how they interpret the bible how each different uh, region interprets the bible right because every every version of the bible is different what one language let's you know let's do a comparison between uh the english version the king james version and maybe the french version or the german version of the bible Uh, right now the, the the exact words aren't really coming to me but you know it's like it's that idea of how words and definitions change because of language right yeah. So, like
1: different expressions in different yeah,
0: places. Different expressions don't make sense in English. That makes sense in French or in German type of deal. So the question I had for you is, like, who exactly is a theologian? Like, what would you describe their character as? And, like, a quick little definition of what you think they are.
1: Okay. So I I would say that typically they have studied their field for years. And in most cases, I would say they they have obtained a degree. Um, In some cases, they are religious leaders. In some cases, they are professors who strive to teach what they've learned. Um, I think typically, they have to be very open minded. Because if you're going to study several religions at a time, you have to be willing to Put your own bias aside as much as possible and really try and learn as intimately as you can the doctrines of any religion you're studying. Um, You know, I think think anyone can have access to these studies and I think anyone can take the path to become a theologian, but I, I do think it requires a very deep study and deep understanding in order to gain that title because you really have to you know know where that religion started how it came to be as you know as widespread as it is and what it teaches and what the doctrines of that religion are
0: that's fair like yeah i honestly i'd say pretty much the same thing i the way that i describe a theologian right is like like you said, somebody who dedicates their lives, dedicates their academic career to the teachings of you see, this is where I changed the definition up a little. I feel like a theologian is somebody who dedicates themselves to a certain religion, obviously be that Christianity, Islam, you know, and it's hundreds of hundreds of um, sub branches, really, you know, and things of that nature. And like pretty much understanding and studying the ideas and like relics really they're relics at this point Uh, left behind by the founders of this religion. Right. Yeah. So in, in, in your idea, who do you think can become a theologian? Right. Can anybody really do it?
1: So I think to answer that question, I would, I would say yes, anybody can, but I really think because there's so much dedication and so much study that is necessary to become a theologian, like it really takes someone who has the desire and the drive and the ability to dedicate themselves to a religion in that way. I think while anyone can go to school for that or anyone can join a priesthood, I think it really takes dedication and belief in most cases.
0: Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you there. Like it's, it's, it's not a path for everybody, right? Like it's the same thing with any, with any field of study. So like yeah. not everybody, it, it feels kind of mean to say, but you know, not everybody could be a doctor. Some people may not have, let's say the stomach to deal with the, uh, like human the human body right i believe it's kind of at that same level that not everybody has like you said exactly like you said not everybody has that like desire that want to really study that i feel like there may be more of like an influence from like religious backgrounds Right, comparatively to somebody who wants to be a lawyer, a doctor, a teacher, so on and so forth, I feel like yeah. their their situation. Maybe maybe their parents. Maybe they had an absolutely amazing childhood with, uh, the you know, a, a church. Or, I, I'm saying I'm I'm very specifically uh, focusing in on Christianity simply because Christianity is like a very a prominent religion here in South Florida. So that's, that's why I am a little bit biased towards Christianity personally, not really, but as in um, when we talk about theology and we talk about religion, that's why I kind of focus okay. in more on Christianity, more than Islam or Buddhism or whatnot. But yeah, like you said that there, there has to be that want that need to study and further, like expand, on thousands of years of history, thousands of years of study of a certain religion, right? And especially le- when we talk about art and theology, like what would, what would you believe, what contributions to the world of art could a theologian really bring to the table?
1: Yeah, so I, I definitely think their biggest influence is helping in interpretations and kind of providing context for a piece. I also think that you know they can kind of help explain the artist's motivations and where they drew their inspiration. And I, I think in some cases they even create art as a homage to the deity that they study or worship.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you on that one. Like even let's 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 take a let's take a a thought dive, let's call it, into uh you know what? Let's pick the the Greeks, for example. That Greeks have hundreds of small gods. Well, I wanna call them small gods or minor gods, really. They're all major and in, in what they do, you know. You have the god of wine, you have the god of thunder, you have, you know, all these different gods, right? So how would it, in what you've seen, how would you describe the effigies that these people have made for their specific god? And what do you think a theologian would think of that?
1: So I think, especially when we're talking about Greek works, like there's, there's so many different deities that they worship and i think you know especially with them there's a lot to cover like if you're looking at christianity there's there's really one deity and there's there's smaller figures but with with the greek religion like there is so much more so i think you know we're, we're seeing that diversity we're seeing different deities shown in different ways and like for example they, they mostly deal with statues because at the time it was the cultural way to express their, their appreciation of the deity. And so we see a lot of statues that I think, you know, without theologians, we may not know today that, you know, they were, they were designed to worship or to appreciate because, you know, if, unless you're part of that religion, they may just seem like you know, oh, that's that's another guy or that's another woman. And we might wonder if they were like a perhaps a war general or you know, a an emperor at the time. Yeah. And so I think like right. that's when theologians really come into play is making sure that the meaning is preserved.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like like you said, there's hundreds of these statutes that we don't without like the help of somebody who studied that religion, who's ingrained in that culture really can understand it to the point that, uh, I, I mean, obviously a specialized background always helps in really any, any case. Right. So it's like, we need the help of a theologian to pretty much interpret and give us a more profound meaning than what we already have. Right. There's always going to be an implicit meaning to things that we may not understand, or we, we may not uh, really pick up on. So, you know, let's, let's, let's go back to the original claim made by this theologian, right? So what do you, what do you believe? Do you think that um, non-believers can really experience art and really understand art in the way that uh, somebody who is versed, well versed in that uh, religious study would be. And uh, excuse me. And what do you what do you believe that like, people uh, non believers, people who specifically go against that religion, believe with said artwork.
1: So that is that's a tough one. I think to start out with the first part of that, I think anyone can appreciate art for simply what it is as a beautiful piece of work that was, you know, labored over for a long time in most cases. But I, I do think that to a certain extent, spirituality and emotions are a universally human thing. So I think while even though we may not necessarily believe in the deity or scene that's portrayed, I think in most cases, we can at least you know we can feel something we can appreciate the what's being shown to us and we can appreciate the meaning that is conveyed in that piece
0: yeah honestly you're you're, you're absolutely right like like you said like yeah we may not be able to understand the absolute like you know the depths of the painting the, the super implicit meaning of it but we could still, as non-believers, really enjoy the artwork, really uh, enjoy what ca- captivated excuse me these people all these years ago, right And I think yeah. I think even it's it's just just because you may not have that religious background, that religious uh, those religious ideas it's just. I don't think that really matters all that much. I mean, don't get me wrong, being religious and being part of that, um, that culture definitely makes you feel uh, different feelings. But to say that you don't feel anything at all, and you can't experience the artwork, simply because you aren't part of that religion is a fundamentally incorrect idea.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think, in most cases, like, as far as the major world religions go, anyone in the world is going to see a, you know, a picture of Jesus or the Buddha and they're going to understand, like they're going to know what the picture is of and they're going to kind of have at least a basic understanding because they're, I mean, they're iconic figures that have been around for as long as humans have.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and I, I believe like, that econ- iconography iconography really is made for non-believers themselves you know what i'm saying like i believe that these uh pictures of jesus christ on the cross and buddha with uh, with the hand gestures and this godly presence right is trying is being used not really as a symbol well, it is being used as uh as a symbol of the religion but also as a symbol as symbology to be able to spread the religion right so it's like mm-hmm. something that's it's it's trying to teach what uh they would consider non believers about their own culture about what the the morals of said culture is about what do you what do you think of yeah, something like, like that
1: I I completely agree. I think, you know, these works, yes, they're they're designed to, you know, pay homage to the deities. But I also think they are used as a tool to, you know, spread the beliefs and morality of a specific religion. So I think in a way, they're designed to be almost universally understood and appreciated.
0: Yeah, like... Yeah, I'm glad to see both of us pretty much refute this, this guy's claim that just because you're n- not a believer of a certain religion, that that shouldn't mean that, you know, you can't really experience art for what it is. You know, I'm, I, I'm glad.
1: I think that really takes away from the work that was put into the art. Because that's really what it's about is, you know, the art and the message that it conveys.
0: Yeah, the message it conveys to the masses. Of course, not everybody's going insta- to understand the implicit uh, ideas that the artist had at the time, right? But that's that's the that can be the role of a theologian. Their their role could be somebody who comes in and pretty much explains it to everybody. Else. That's what we do, right? That's what as a scholar, that's what you and I do. We yeah we understand a certain idea and we're able to incorporate it into our daily lives. We're able to pretty much uh, expand and give back to everybody. Let's say like going back to this idea of a doctor or a lawyer, correct? Like it's a doctor's job to understand all this medical terminology, all of this uh, medical, you know, Um, how the human body works in order to help the everyday man, the layman, right? Understand what's his aches and pains, a lawyer with understanding the law and pretty much telling an everyday person, a layman, again, what they can and cannot do.
1: In the same vein, you wouldn't expect your average doe to understand the medical terms in the same way you wouldn't necessarily expect them to understand the implicit meaning of art,
0: Yeah, that's, that's what people are here for. Well, that concludes our topic of debate for today. I would like to thank you for joining us today so very much, Mrs. Abby. (laughs) I really appreciate it. And this concludes the exploring art podcast. Please subscribe to the exploring art podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon. And remember, Stay curious.